Hello, everyone. I'm Sharon Feeler, and welcome to ABC to CEO, where we strive to prepare young women for the possibility of becoming a CEO. And today we have some amazing guests with us, an engineering team, which I think is quite fascinating for all women who kind of maybe think about other roles to consider engineering as a role. These women have been extremely successful in what they've done. And I look forward to hearing from each of them about the path they took and everything that has been important to them to get to where they are. I think you'll find this a fascinating discussion. So we have with us today, Lauren Evans, who's president and founder of Pinion Environmental. Welcome, Lauren. We have Bisa Grant, the CEO of Anchor. Bisa, nice to have you on with us. And Susan Angle, who's the regional CEO of North America for ERM. So thank all of you for being here. It's a privilege to be able to talk to you and to see women who have done so many wonderful things with their career. So we have some questions we'd like to kind of get started with, but maybe if we could just take one moment to hear from each of you just a a little tidbit about your company and what you would like to share with the group before we kind of go into our program. So Bisa, you want to start? Thank you, Sharon. Yes. So Anchor is my company. We are a San Francisco Bay Area-based construction and project management and engineering services firm. We've been around for about 20 years. We work predominantly in the public sector, and we have a specialty in finding diamonds in the rough. That is women, that is minority and people of color, that is people with disabilities to work with us to service our clients in the best way possible. Wonderful. And I know one of the things that I read on your bio that I I just found fascinating was you like to do good work with good people. So it's a wonderful kind of mantra to have. And we live by that. That's great. Lauren, what about you? Uh, Tell us just a little bit about your company, just a tidbit. Thank you. The Opinion Environmental, I founded the company 29 years ago this year. We have about 85 employees located in Denver primarily, although we have an office in Phoenix. And then in today's world, like everybody else, we have a lot of remote employees now all over the country. So we offer environmental consulting services to both public and private sector clients. We do everything from remediation of contaminated property to drainage and stormwater, and then things like wetlands and threatened endangered species and air and noise and cultural resources, a whole host of other environmental topics. Wonderful. Well. And uh, then we've got Susan with us. And Susan, would you also give us a little bit about what your company does? Sure. Thanks, Sharon. It's great to be here. So ERM has a 50 plus year history and we are a environmental and sustainability consultancy and we are global. We have offices all over the globe. And we're a very purpose-driven company, and our purpose is to shape a sustainable future with the world's leading organizations. And to do that, we sometimes help private sector clients with their strategies around things like net zero or just sustainable operations. But where we think our real strength is, is you know, reaching into that technical expertise we've developed over those 50 years and bringing that strategy to life to help solve some of the world's biggest challenges right now. 
whether it's environment, climate, all of those things. So it's been a great journey and we're looking forward to the next 50 plus years. Well, very impressive. You're all very impressive, by the way. So let's talk a little bit about engineering because I think it's fair to say engineering is still a field where a lot of women, maybe at a younger age, don't think about a whole lot. But obviously, the three of you have succeeded in this field. Maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about why engineering is important and vital to businesses. So, Lauren, maybe I can start with you. Yeah, thank you, Sharon. I love this question because, in fact, engineering touches everything that anybody touches in their life. Anything you do or anywhere you go, there's been an engineer involved in making that happen, either that you know, designing the vehicles that you travel in or the roads that you travel on or bringing the electricity and power to your house, the water to your house. Engineers touch everything every day. And we like to joke that we're kind of this hidden profession that nobody really knows what we do, but everything in the modern world is touched by us in some way. Absolutely. And I I think that is true. We don't really think about it a whole lot until you kind of look at how are things built and how do things work and all of it comes back to engineering. So let's talk about career paths a little. Biso, why don't we hear from you and how did you get to where you are today and what would you like young women to take away from the career path that you took that might help them in their own success? Thank you for that question. So I'm assuming among the panelists, I am the one that's not an engineer and I did not have a path of a technical profession, so to speak. I entered this field very intentionally at the height of the recession. It was in 2008, I believe. And I came in from the financial angle. So I am an MBA with a specialty in accounting. And I thought that accounting and engineering were two very stable industries at that time. And so I came in at a really low pay scale where I was competing against folks that with an MBA that just, you know, I I never thought I would compete against for a very basic bookkeeping job, but that bookkeeping job was at Anchor. So I literally worked my way from the bottom up and I found a home at Anchor because I thought that the work that the company did was so profound because it was engineering and it did touch everything. It was such a foundational skill, expertise, I think that was so necessary to move our community forward that I wanted to be a part of that. And so I really sunk my teeth in. I dug my heels in and I found a way to pursue what was important to me uh, through the lens of an engineering firm. So. My pathway, like I said, was very intentional, but it took a lot of learning. It took a lot of understanding some of those technical terms around what I was doing every day, even on the financial side. And I was able to get comfortable being uncomfortable in this space. And and that really resonated in my life. And here I am today. Very good. I love that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I actually think that's a great thing to think about for any of us in any field we're in, because too often we think we've got to get perfectly comfortable until we're qualified. But in fact, a lot of times it's that uncomfort level that that you need to know that you're going to be taking a step someplace you've never been. So Susan, let's hear about your path, because you did come a little bit more the, I guess, engineering 
kind of path? Sort of. Yeah. So Visa talks about very purposeful, very planned. Mine was probably not as planned. And that might sound surprising. Yes, I do have a degree in engineering. And I've worked in the environmental field since getting that degree. But I also took a big pause in my professional life. I took eight years out of the workforce. And that's something that a lot of people don't know about me, but it was a decision I made collaboratively with my husband at a moment in time that we said, this is probably right for us. And then at another moment in time, we collaboratively decided, yes, it's time to jump back in. So I know that often that's a tough decision to make. And I'm fortunate that I was able to do that and still continue my career progression. And actually, even when jumping back in, I kind of moved around a bit. I have a regulatory background. Then I went into professional services. But I actually spent a couple of years in a learning and development role, which might sound like a bit of a detour, but it taught me a lot about leadership and the value of investing in a leadership journey for yourself to help you really be the best leader you can be. And then continued on a path really where I was more managing a P&L and they got larger and larger until I've had the good fortune to serve as the CEO for our North American region. So maybe a more traditional background, but the path wasn't as straight and narrow as, as right. maybe you think. Right. And you mentioned P&L in your description there. One of the things that we really try to stress with young women is understanding the importance of being able to manage something with P&L because mm-hmm. in the end any business is about making sure the profits and hopefully not too many losses that that you end up on the good side of that equation and a lot of people don't understand how important it is to take on P&L responsibility and Lauren I mean you started your own organization your own company so you had to understand P&L from the beginning. Is is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think that is a fair statement. Before I started the company, I managed a division at another company. So, and I had P&L responsibility for that group. And that's, I think, key if you want to start your own company is you really need to understand how everything in a corporate setting works, you know, and what drives different groups of people, whether it be the accounting department or, you know, the support staff and to really understand how to bring them all together to be successful as a team. Mm-hmm. But definitely you need to understand the business side of the business that you're in. <laughs> right, right. And BZ, you probably have a similar answer to that because when you're CEO and it's yours, you know, that's where the buck stops here, I guess. Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts about women and thinking about understanding PL and taking responsibility for it? Absolutely. So I mentioned working my way up from the bottom. Most recently, prior to acquiring the firm, I was a vice president and I was in charge of all internal operations, supporting the company's growth uh, pretty tremendously over the prior, I guess, about eight years. But a key to that was managing the finances, managing the money, you know, making sure that, that that we were profitable, that you know our margins were accurate, that we were kind of meeting budgetary uh, goals, you know, that we were really pushing the envelope on how to pursue what it was that we were pursuing, but from a financial narrative. So it's critical, critical. 
Right. Without a doubt. I mean, most organizations have only certain positions that get the P&L responsibility. And, and part of our advice to young women, if going on that path to CEO is important to you, early on in your career, try to get the P&L experience because those are the jobs that make a big difference as you move up the corporate ladder or your own entrepreneurial ladder, as some of you have done. So why don't we talk a little bit then about your journey to becoming the CEO and what do you think a few keys were to your success? What would you kind of tell a 25-year-old woman, here's something that I learned that helped me and it might help you too. So Susan, do you have a thought on that? I do. And I think it's a continuation of the conversation we just had. When an opportunity is put in front of you, I think it's really important, of course, to think about it, but don't overthink it. If it sounds like something where you will learn and advance, don't assume that an opportunity will resurface when you feel ready. And I'd also say, don't think you have to be perfect or perfectly qualified for the role. I see that a lot, in particular in women. You were asked, knowing full well that you weren't perfect for the role because nobody is or 100% qualified. So I can't stress enough to just, you know, really take those on when they happen. I mentioned developing yourself as a leader and taking the time for that reflection. You know, what are foundational beliefs for you? Things that you won't waver from as a leader, you know, explore that and, and make sure you understand what triggers, you know, stress, anxiety, alarm, so that you can manage those. And then You know, finally, you've heard from all of us, you know, don't underestimate the power of hard work because it is, right? You have to invest the time and it is hard work. It doesn't mean that your life has to be out of balance, but it doesn't come easy. So, you know, be prepared to put the work in that needs to be put in. Some good thoughts there. Laura, if I asked you the same question about keys to success, you came from a different angle because you came more from the entrepreneurial angle. Do you have other things to add to what Susan just said there as far as things to think about for the young woman getting started in her career? A few things. And I I liked Susan's, you know, know what is important to you and what you stand for. In consulting, we work for clients. And Always people ask me why we've been successful. It's not that complicated. We follow the golden rule, right? Do what you say you're going to do. Treat others like you would like to be treated. And I think some other things, especially in consulting, if you go that direction, is you have to build a network and a network of people you trust and who trust you. And I get like the importance of social media and things like that, but I'm talking about a deeper, richer network of relationships built on trust, not just, you know, you know, somebody, people you can call on when you need their help. Because if you start your own company, you're going to have days where you need some help. And I guess finally, if you're thinking about starting a company, understand your risk tolerance, because there is an element of risk. And You know, that can be as simple of like, I'll give it this long of time. And if it's not to this point, then, you know, I can, I can go find another job. There's no shame in that, or, you know, just try to make that decision unemotionally. And so have it thought out ahead of time. Yeah. Those are all good ideas. And Bisa, I I mean, we've touched on a lot of great things. Uh, What might you add to it from your own personal experience to pass on? Yeah, I think Susan and Lauren hit the nail on the head. 
Um, there are some key words there. Balance is absolutely one of them. I encounter a lot of peers who have believed that they can't have quote unquote it all, meaning, oh, I have to sacrifice having a family or sacrifice having a spouse or sacrifice being a driven business person. And I am one to contest if that's not the case. Whereas Susan mentioned that she and her husband agreed to her stepping away. My husband and I agreed to him stepping away. You know, it has to be you having a support system along the way too. That's so important, whether it's your partner, your spouse, your siblings, your parents, your children, you really need to ensure that you have that support system to cheer you along the way. And then the third thing that I would say is remaining coachable, remaining trainable. What we perceive as the reality of, oh, to be a doctor is to be like this, or to be a, you know, a successful leader is to be like that. It's not necessarily what we have in our heads that the reality is, but we have to remember that it's a progression. You know, it's who you are when you get there. And, and, and that's a evolution of where you are today. So you have to start somewhere. If you wait till you're perfect, like Susan says, it just doesn't happen. You know, you have to start today and work to get to where you can be the best version of yourself. That's something I've really stood on is I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect, but, you know, keep working and I'll get there. Love all those comments. They're so appropriate. And I wish I would have heard so much of that when I was in my 20s. I think it would have made a difference in in my career. So we're almost out of time here, unfortunately. I guess I'd just like to kind of go around to the three of you to hear one final thought of something maybe we didn't touch upon that you would like to leave with young women as far as a little bit of advice. I'll start with you, Susan. Sure. So I talked about being part of a purpose-driven organization. I talked about sort of understanding fundamentally what is important to you. And I think that's because all of us want to make an impact and it's, you know, how we make that impact that's important. And so I look at this role as a real privilege because you can make an impact, but it's not through the actions necessarily that I take. Some of those do make an impact, but where I feel really privileged to be able to have the role is how I can empower others to do more than they think they can do, to be bigger leaders than they think they can be, because it's really, that's how you scale things. That's how your impact is exponential. So having that platform, I feel like is a real honor. And, you know, if you can empower others, it's far more powerful than what you can do alone. Great thoughts. I I always took the kind of the path of thinking, look behind you, are people following? And if they are following, maybe you are doing things to make them feel that they also can raise where they are and feel better about themselves. But if you look behind you and no one's following, you maybe need to kind of question what is the advice you're giving and where you're taking people. So those are great thoughts. Visa, what about you? Any final thoughts you would like to leave our young women who are listening? Yeah, I I can sit here and talk all day with you ladies. I love this so much. I have four daughters. They range in age from 13 years old down to one year old. Oh, wow. Oh, wow is right. (laughs) And what I can say is I have a very specific intention to raise female leaders. And something I tell my 13-year-old, she's a teenager now and it's a mess. But 
I tell her all the time because she battles with her uh, 11-year-old sister. She wants to be a leader. To be a leader, it's not just telling somebody what to do or necessarily showing somebody what to do. It's also inspiring them to do the right thing, to do the good thing, to do the good work. You know, and you have to find within yourself what inspires you to be the best version of you so that you can be that example for others that are coming up behind you. So that's uh, my daily advice to my daughters. And I, I hope they're listening. It's a challenge ahead of us. I mean, it's, it, there's always a challenge ahead of us. But whether I'm 20, 30, 40, I'm a beginner in the industry or a CEO, there's always so much to do. There's so much inspiration to give. And to wake up every day and just to be the best version of yourself is a great starting point. Wonderful advice. Just wonderful. Uh, we will make sure this message gets out to many, but Lauren, what, what about you? Do you have some final thoughts that we could pass on to our listeners here? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll piggyback on both of the other ladies. So, you know, about leadership, one of the things that I found really helpful is to get involved in like outside organizations, like a professional organization or a nonprofit charity, because that's a place where you can learn some really good leadership skills in a fairly safe environment. So that's a really good thing to do early in your career. And then to piggyback off a of season, one of the great things about the CEO is not just the impact that you can make within your organization, but it gives you a lot of opportunities to make impacts outside the organization because the title does carry that level of you know respect and interest from others. So whether that be, again, in the nonprofit or by serving on boards of other corporations, it can be a pathway to magnifying that impact even beyond your own company. ABC to CEO is here because we really do believe being at the top, especially having more women at the top, will make a difference in the world that we are because it's a privileged position, but it's a position that is earned. And I'm very proud to be in the presence of the three of you who have earned that title. So uh, congratulations to you all. And uh, I do appreciate the time you took to be on ABC to CEO today. And uh, we will hopefully hear more from you maybe as time goes by. So thank you again. And to our audience, thank you for listening. May uh, the possibility of becoming a CEO become real for you. I want to remind you that ABC to CEO is a non-for-profit whose purpose is to mentor the next generation of women leaders. Please check out abc2ceo.com to learn more and see how you can help us further this mission. Until next time, I'm Sharon Feeler. Don't forget to follow us on social media to get daily encouragement and proven tips for success.